I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast. Today, we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. I flinch. The rag she gives me is clean, but it still smells like blood. I shouldn't care. I already have blood all over my clothes. The red is mine, of course. The silver belongs to many others. Evangeline, Ptolemus, the Nymph Lord, all those who tried to kill me in the arena. I suppose some of it is Cal's as well. He bled freely on the sand, cut and bruised by our would-be executioners. Now he sits across from me, staring at his feet, letting his wounds begin the slow process of healing naturally. I glance at one of the many cuts on my arms, probably from Evangeline, still fresh and deep enough to leave a scar. Part of me delights in the thought. This jagged gash will not be magically wiped away by a healer's cold hands. Cal and I are not in the silver world anymore, with someone to simply erase our well-earned scars. We have escaped, or at least I have. Cal's chains are a firm reminder of his captivity. Welcome to Season 2 of Reading with the Rockefellers. Today we'll be covering Glass Sword, Chapters 1 and 2. So, welcome back! <laughs> Yay! Season 2! <laughs> yeah, ready for some more depression? Let's get right into depressing stuff! Yay! Everyone's being a downer! Yeah, like seriously. Everyone's I mean, everybody's covered in blood and recovering from, you know, almost dying, so. Is that kind of I mean, they have reasons, but like. At least they're alive. Right. You know what I mean? And at least Shade is here. Everybody! Shade is here! Hey guys! Hey guys! gonna try and make this as fun as we can yeah i think also like mare's bummed even though she's safe and now with reds she kind of points out you know cal's still captive in his first chapter but in his first paragraph but cal's the one that you really kind of feel for at this point because he's literally just lost everything yeah I mean, the dude is probably the swollest, most ripped, powerful dude there, and he's just sitting there staring at his feet. Like, right. Because his, his dad is dead, his kingdom is gone. His brother betrayed him. And the only people he can, that he's, that won't kill him immediately are the Reds, who see him as still the An enemy. enemy. Yeah. So, I mean, you can understand why, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of Cal and Mare early on in this chapter, just downer, downer, downer. Really, really wallowing in it. And the thing, and we, we learn some in these chapters, which we'll get to, but the funny thing is, I know mayors and Cal see this as this little ragtag group of reds, and how are they going to, you know what I mean? It's like, this is all we have is us, and it's the entire silver universe. Mayor, Farley has always had her own secrets. I mean, they should know by now that don't assume that what you see is what you're actually getting from the Scarlet Guard where Farley's concerned. Correct. Right. I mean, not only that, but we also have three more books in the series, so there's got to be... There's got to be something else. <laughs> there's got to right. be something right. out there. But you got to have, like, a District 13 level yeah. secret out there somewhere. Right. The cool thing to me about this book and, and reading it again has brought it back, because I've, I've read the physical 
words and then I listen to it again. Like I originally listened to this, which again, Farley's voice, British accent in the books. Nobody else has a British accent. It's very weird. It lends just itself the, to the Natalie Dormer thing. Just how yeah. the audiobook yeah. reader. It, yeah, it's just how the narrator it. decided to do it. I don't know. I, 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 that's all I'll say. Anyway. Uh, she could clearly only do it in one, like, tone. So it was just like, well, I want to try it for all the other characters. I guess. That would be, like, around her, but I just can't. Yeah. So it's like, it's it, not it, like the intentions were probably good. Whatever. It's but British. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be more like Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Right, like it would be, but it's it's not. It's, it's not. It's British, but uh, it's it's such an onion. The beginning of this book, the things that Mare is finding out, like the last book was all her being kind of thrust into realizations, and this one is all her making these realizations on her own but you much, know what I mean? much like, slower here's all this technology i didn't know existed here's all this underground web of all these things i didn't know existed, existed. Right. and it's it's yeah. cooler for character development to watch mare realize it and figure it out on her own than i mean it's funny when you know, like she's in an elevator for the first time. That's hilarious. Well, we get that at the end of this chapter too. We do, we do. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of new things for this one, for Mare in this one. But yeah, it's just it, her her realization along the way of how naive and uh, how much she doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy the amount of. And, and even Cal realizes there's a lot of things that Cal yeah. and the Silvers never knew like, that they're going to find out, right? Because Cal, Cal is on this journey with them to go to Nersi. He doesn't know no. what Maven knows about the ruined city no. not being radiated. He doesn't know about the detectors, the reds. Planting Cal knows nothing of any of that right. at this point in time. Cal just knows nothing. Cal, that's true. He's kind of a big dumb animal. But you know, it's their mare being suddenly thrust into this world is more fun and entertaining to watch than her being thrust into the silver world. Yes, I, I think guess, so. Is, yeah, is what is kind of what I'm getting at because right. it's it, it's more jarring for her. But there's a sense of pride in this for her. Right. Like, it's not... this is what Reds have managed to do. I thought we've been dog poop on the bottom of silver shoes for so long, but all of this has really been happening, and I didn't know, and that makes me proud. Right. So that I think that's the better part of it, than being mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, the silvers are awful. I'm, thank God I'm not wanting them to, oh, my God, these Reds are doing really great things. Right. right. I'm glad that I'm one of them. Right. So it, there's some hope there for her, which is good. Right. Yeah. And it's it, not all depressing. No. I swear. But that exactly. But see, it starts out with Cal basically like, here's what's going to happen. They're going to have jets, and they're going to come after you with jets, and the jets are just going to be there with all their missiles. What do they call the jet? The air guns, snapdragons. Snapdragons. And they're going to be there with all their missiles. There's going to be twelve snapdragons with four missiles each. That's forty-eight missiles, and they're going to use those just to take the city down on us. Then they'll bring in all the silver troops to mop up and there's nothing we can do. And then he's like, and then they're going to want, they're going to want to present terms because they're going to want you to turn over Mare and I, and you're going to have to give us over to you. And that's where Mare starts her 
oh no, I don't want to go back to Maven again. Yeah, so we have uh, Talon oh, Bear, Time Downer. Time out. Let's give a little congratulatory A for effort to Cal for mathing. Hooray! Oh, Cal did four, basic yeah. math, and it was multiplication too. I was so proud. I was 12, like, oh, our little baby's getting so big. 12, 12 air jets with four missiles each. Let's see that. 712 million missiles. No, no, Cal. That's, that's, that's 124, right? That's how that works? I, I was so proud of our little Cal. One thing yes. that's. One thing that's, that's, that's that I like about the way she writes this book is some of the 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 um, what do you call it when she said that when he uh, Cal said that they would take them the two of them and force them to surrender mm -hmm. you know they would make come to terms mm -hmm. and give Cal and Mayor and we'll let you go or we'll give you a quick desk whatever Mayor starts thinking about what Maven would do to her. And he's like, no, he would let me live. And that's the worst thought. And she says in here, she says the thought of Maven letting her live, taking her, letting her live. The thought chills me like a silver shivers touch. I love the way the writer even uses, because it's from Mare's point of view, when she makes, when she's thinking these things, it's yeah. things in their world. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Cause there's something later on. They said, she says faster than even a silver swift right. could carry right. themselves. I love that she uses so that because it's from Mare's point of view. Yeah, right. she's back in the red world, but now she's seeing things with a silver perspective on it, too. Right. She didn't see that before. And so we're definitely going into this book with a more mature Mare. Yes. Her eyes are much more opened in a real world way versus a doe-eyed way yeah. in the last book. Right. You know, she's been knocked down several so pegs. Pegs. right? And so, you know, now she's like standing up from foundation and ready to build back up. And that's the inspiring part of these first two chapters for me. And, yeah. and this, the book in general, I think also you learn in this book that now, because you have Cal, who knows everything there is to know about Silvers, and Mayor, who's lived with them and really learned a lot about Silvers, we find in this book, that the Reds now know so much more about the Silvers than the Silvers do about the Reds, mm -hmm. honestly. There's so much the Silvers don't know about the Reds, oh, the yeah. Scarlet Guard in general. Well, and the Reds have been watching. Right. They yeah. alluded in the broadcast from the first book, you don't see us, so we're everywhere. They know everything about the Silver World, and they have built plan against it and plan against it and right. plan like. Their backup plans have backup, backup plans, plans. Right. backup plans. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they have had all of this time, and we'll discover all of this as the series unfolds more. You know, we'll comprehend the sheer size of all of it, but they have really, you know, put into place several fail-safes against what they know is coming. Right. So, yeah. So the, the downer and Cal saying... All these things that the silver are bringing. And even Mayor's like, you should listen to him. He knows the silvers. He knows what they're going to do. Which she's right. But I don't think she realizes that Farley knows too. Right. She's, like she said, they've had, they know what, what's coming. Which brings us to a great part that I know you like, Mia, because it's, it's, it's quite, it becomes quite ironic later on in the series. Um, but the thought of Maven capturing them all and coming to terms and saying, turn over Cal and Mayor specifically mayor really is jarring to her so what does mm -hmm. she what does she say specifically in the book about this so she says another sacrifice 
Slowly, I suck in a breath. This morning, yesterday, before all this madness, I would have been glad to give myself over just to save Kaloran or my and my brother. But now, now I know I'm special. Now I have others to protect. Now I cannot be lost. Oh, dear. Oh, honey. I know. Oh, it's sweet. It's so sweet that you think that. However, like I just said, this is a little ray of speck of hope in Mare that I think she needs to hold on to. You know what I'm saying? She needs something to anchor herself to where she's going to be like, okay, I'm I'm not facing certain death all the time. They have to keep me alive for this reason. Right. It's yeah. almost a lie she has to tell herself at this point in time because she literally thought she was going to die and she didn't. So now you can't live your life constantly on edge like that. You've got to right. have something you can pull from. At least that's how I am kind of looking at it. Yeah, agreed. This leads us into because Mayor starts thinking also about Cal and the fact that he's the enemy, and they kind of have this conversation about taking his chains off, and Barley's like, "No," mm-hmm. Barley and Corn are like, "No, that's not happening. He's he's the enemy," and so we get to a point where Mayor kind of she doesn't she doesn't see Cal as the enemy so much, not necessarily a ally. But she sees what we talked about, that he's had everything taken from him. If there's anybody who's in a bad spot, it's Cal. We could use, they could use not just his abilities and his talents as a fighter, but his knowledge mm-hmm. of silver, especially their military strategy. Sure. If he remains trustworthy right. and stable, right. you know, he's a very volatile figure at this point in time because... He's lost everything, so what? what's more scary than somebody with nothing to lose? Right. You know what I mean? Who's to say he wouldn't just go berserk and kill everybody on that train and think he's at least trying to make some sort of dent in the Scarlet Guard? Or... I mean, he hasn't he, yet. <laughs> he, he did say at the end of the last book, like, not to even trust him, you know? Right. And he could be playing a long game to somehow get knowledge and go back to whoever's going to be taking over for the silvers at the time and be like, you can spare my life if I give you the information that I've learned about the Scarlet Guard. Cal was still, he may not be Alara's son, but he was still raised in a house run by Alara. So strategic moves are constantly going to be something that's going to be ingrained in him no matter what. And I don't think that's even, you know, growing up in a house run by Alara. I think that's just silvers in general. Sure. Silvers in general are just like that. True. But I also think Mare knows they had some close moments, Cal and Mare, clearly. They may both want to pretend like they didn't happen, but they had some very close moments. And I think she knows yeah. his personality. And that's why when she comes to the next quote we're going to read, I think she knows Cal as a person enough to kind of feel like this is probably where he's at. This is from, straight from chapter one here. We share an alliance, an uneasy one forged in blood and betrayal. We are connected. We are united against Maven, against all who deceived us, against the world about to tear itself apart. 
So, I mean, I think she feels like maybe he's not, you can't 100% trust him because he is a silver. She understands that. But there is, what just happened has definitely forged a bond, I think, between Cal and Mare that is kind of, you can't ignore that, right. it, that it's there. What they, Especially what they did at the end of the last book where they had to fight together for yeah. their lives and almost, you know, they were both about to die. Like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and Speed. Right, like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and Speed. <laughs> like Riggs and Murtaugh, Lethal Weapon. Sorry. You guys done? Yes. I mean, we could go on for a while longer, though. So, so finally, we get they get the undertrain starts to slow. Mare can feel the electricity before it even they even feel the train slowing. She feels the electricity and knows that they're slowing down. So they're slowing, they're getting to Nersey, and they all get out, and they're all on, I mean, they have, they're like in tactical position. Yeah. Farley's leading with the troops, they have the two big Scarlet Guard, um, I guess the two biggest, meanest Scarlet Guard soldiers they could find that are basically holding cow. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're all following behind, but they're, they're on point because they know that the Silvers are after them. Yeah, the city's been compromised, so right. they don't know what they're walking into. So they walk into one of the first things um, Mayor realizes is there's not all the people she saw last time she was in there. See all the people that are kind of in the buildings, almost like a small civilization. There's nobody there. Yeah. And the streets kind are of, empty uh, and right. desolate. Actually deserted, not deserted from far away like it was supposed to look before right. where you had to look closer to see no, the people. Yeah. She, now there's there's completely literally deserted. no people there's there. There's literally nobody there and Mayor's like what? I, where did all the here. people go? Where are all the refugees at? <clears throat> this is a refugee free zone. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I mean I, obviously I don't think they say it in the book but her first thought is oh, they're all dead and their bodies are being hidden somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cause Probably, because that's just... We know Mare. our girl, Mare. Yes, we do. Right, we right, do. right. Yeah. But no, I think it is a, it's Shade that says that Farley ordered yeah, everybody yeah. to yeah, evacuate. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Think what you want of Farley, but no, she isn't stupid, Shade says, answering my question before I get a chance to ask. She gave the order to evacuate last night, after she escaped Archeon. She thought you or Maven would talk under torture. Which, this goes to show you how little time has passed since, like... The ending of the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a She basically... thought Mare or Maven would talk under torture. So right. that's when those two got captured. Not... That was before even the Bowl of Bones and all of that Right, crap. right. So like, clearly it's she only was, been, you know, a She was already days. evacuating... Before Cal and Mayor yeah. were even, we're looking at looking at less than twenty four right. hours in this whole thing that's happened. Right. So that's just Insane. bananas. How much has happened in this amount of time? And Mayor goes through at this point when they're getting just first get into Nersey. Mayor also goes through kind of this monologue in her head where she's conflicted about Maven. She's going back and forth about how he's obviously this horrible human being and she's done all these things, but she still can't shake. Who she thought he was was before. So there's definitely still some conflicted. Yeah, there's definitely some confliction there. 
So as they're walking through Nersi, she she feels the electricity, I believe, first. Mm-hmm. Does she not? A little bit. And A then, bit. then the snapdragons, the air jets show up. I thought it was so funny. I could totally picture the scene in my head when Cal says something about snapdragons when before they get to Nersi and Kalorn thinks he's talking about flowers. <laughs> right. It's like, wow, when Kalorn is dumber than Cal, you know you have a problem. <laughs> I mean, wow, Mare never said Kalorn was the smartest the person either. Right. Yeah, for real. But anyway, snapdragons finally show up. <laughs> I kind of picture them looking like... Uh, B two bombers from the way they described it, just like little, little triangles, like that fly flying in. wings. Yeah, yeah. And they start launching missiles and start blowing stuff up. They're basically just forty eight, according to Cal. Yeah, they're basically <laughs> exactly. Is the math right? Somewhere between forty eight and seven hundred and twelve million. I don't know. We didn't get a bomb count, so I can't can't verify. But they start launching missiles and blowing stuff up. They're basically just bringing the city down on them to keep them from getting anywhere, and they're yeah. going to come in and find them. Is mm-hmm. what they're doing. Which is exactly what Cal said would happen. Right. The jets will come in, they'll establish a perimeter, keep us from escaping, hold them there, and then send the troops in. Right. So, so the, he knows what's going to happen. So everything starts to fall apart, Farley's like, scatter. Yeah. Yeah, it's harder Run. to catch, you know, if right. we all split up. Because all the Scarlet Guard knows where they're going mm-hmm. now. Mare doesn't, but Shade and Kalorn do. Right. So... They take off with Mare, and everyone scatters in different directions. And one of the first things Mare's worried about is Cal. It, it, yeah. kind, of, it kind of it kind of makes Kalorn a little bit jealous, angry, I think, jelly. and angry. Yeah. Where's Cal? But I, yeah, Kalorn's you know, a little jealous of Swole Cal. Mare even makes a statement that you know about protecting people, and now. Since she is such a protector by nature, Cal is the one in this situation she has to protect. Nobody else there is going to be looking out for Cal. Probably including Cal at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. he, he'll, he will have an instinct to survive, but he's not going to be typical Cal in this situation. Right. So she, her protective spirit has to find something to land on, and right now it's Cal. Right. And that makes Kalorn... Kinda jelly because yeah. before it was always Kalorn. But I think we also find out that there is someone who is going to protect Cal, but maybe not for the reasons they think. But because mm-hmm. Farley's always on this stuff. I mean, you don't think she wants? You don't think Cal would be a enormous asset to the Red Gar- to the Scarlet Guard? Sorry. Yeah, it's a bargaining chip. Yeah, regardless, either a bargaining chip or his knowledge. Regardless if he's working for them or not, they could get information out of. It. I mean, she's not stupid. Yeah. The Red Guard. Guard. No, the first time I, oh, you read the books. Oh, oh what the was Crimson that? Guard. The Crimson Guard. I kept calling him that for <laughs> just to make you mad, I think. Well, but the first time you said it accidentally. I did. And then you you said it a couple more times because you thought it would annoy me. It didn't work. Oh, it did. <laughs> it kind of worked. So then she gets her first taste of shade portation. Yeah. Shades, it doesn't sound pleasant. Shade's teleportation. It really doesn't. Yeah, no. reading it, it's like no. it's like it sucks the air out of her and yeah. like almost like like turn her inside squeezed. out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of. It like, sounds like uh, how they describe apparating. Apparating, yeah. 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 Or when you go through a port key and you feel port-key. like you're being squeezed through the eye of a needle, pretty much. Yeah. So be pleasant, right? So he teleports them out, and there a lot of this chapter. We're in chapter two now, where they're in Nersi, and a lot of this is them 
at this point running. Yeah. No, no we're still in chapter. Well, we're still in chapter one at this point, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're still in there's chapter a, one. The end of chapter one, switch. right? There's a clear switch. They're kind of running, and um, the she's still worried about Cal, and she's saying something about Cal, and, Sha- and Shade's like, "The prince is coming with you, with us. I give you my word." And Mare says, "I don't, I don't trust, trust your, your word." word. That kind of hurts Shade a little bit. Coming from it's like I think it's just because she's she's been betrayed so many times. Right, she just has too much trust issues right now. And she just like, showed up, I guess. Right, yeah, it's like, like right. Has he been this whole time? Right, what have they been telling? And him? mostly, she's mayor. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think it's anything against Shade. It's just she's going through so much. She's just she can't really trust anybody right now except Farley right. apparently right okay and so getting back yeah right getting back to this like before this before like all the explosions and everything happened mayor is like super worried because she's like oh we're, we're this you know we're down to just this group this is all we have the scarlet guard right. she has no clue yeah and even oh, the, honey. Oh, you beautiful little like, tropical fish. It's our first little tropical fish Right, moment. and even Shade's like, uh, that's that's not something for you to be concerned about. It has a sly little smirk. It's like, at this point, you think Mayor would understand that there's always other plans, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. There's plans on top of plans. She hasn't, she, and yeah, that's what I was talking about. She hasn't realized to let go and trust the Scarlet Guard that they've right. got this stuff taken care of. She, she catches on pretty quick, but it smacks her in the face a few times first, where it's like, chill out, girl, they got all this taken care of. So so another funny part, we were talking about her her not understanding technology and things. When she first sees the Snapdragons, the air jets, she's like, they must be controlled by magnetrons. Yeah. How How else can metal metal fly? fly? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Humans are so amazing, we could figure out how to do it without magic. Right. It's called science. (laughs) <laughs> so as they're teleporting then they suddenly they hear the footsteps so yeah. they know that the troops are coming and we've heard these footsteps before they sound just like when they were marching into the little bones right. mm. so troops upon troops upon troops this is right at the end of the chapter but there's something different when they look there's something different about this particular formation and they notice it right away what's at the very front of this Formation of troops coming after them. A sea of red. A wall of chained servants walking in front of the army. Operation ah. Human Shield. This is so diabolical, but so brilliant. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like if if you don't care about these people's lives or feelings, if you're a sociopath. Exactly. Which Maven is. Which Maven is. It's. So brilliant. It really is. And this is one of those first times, and we see it several like, times. I don't want to say that. No. It is. We'll see it several times from Maven throughout the series now that he's clearly demented and doesn't care about anyone's safety or welfare but his own. But that kind of freedom almost gives him the ability to, to do these moves that no one else would consider doing, which, yeah, it's disgusting, but it's brilliant because they're not going to fire back at Red Servants. Right. Just crazy. So that's the last thing they see at the end of chapter one, which rolls us into chapter two, 
So yeah, where I'm already, I'm pun totally intended, seeing red at this time for what he's done. That was terrible. Yeah, it, that's how mad I was. I'm so mad I'm making terrible puns. Right. So this is this is where there's a lot of them running. Explosions everywhere as the Snapdragon, the air jets are launching missiles, and Shade starts to try to teleport them multiple times as buildings are falling down around them, and he's exhausting himself. And Mary even talks about how she knows how that feels. Kaloran's like, Can you teleport us anymore? And he's just like, No. And Mary's like, She knows how that feels. This made me think about that conversation that we had when I think we were either watching Justice League or Wonder Woman, and they're fighting and they get to the point where they're just getting like overrun by people and then Wonder Woman busts out the arm cross thing and like, we're always like why don't you just leave, leave with, with that this. just go right. in with the arm cross thing well you know because it it's hard and it's tiring and exactly if you leave with right. the arm cross thing then you might not have any energy to fight anymore so Heads up, this is why Wonder Woman doesn't leave with the arm cross thing. Yeah. Ability fatigue, is that what they called it in yeah. the chapter? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Where the more you use it, the more exhausted you get. You can't just yeah. keep using it. There's, there's, it's no different than running right. or performing physical tasks. You get tired. That must have been when we were watching Wonder Woman. Right. So then, of course, the building's coming down and Shade grabs around her and she thinks he's going to teleport her, but he doesn't. He's protecting her because there's bullets flying her way and Shade ends up getting shot like the arm and the leg right mm-hmm. you're protecting her yeah one in the shoulder and one like grazes his leg or something it doesn't actually get in his leg so they have to carry they have to carry shade too with this so they find a, basically a crater from an explosion and they kind of dive into that and that's where they're holding up right now because it's the only place they can get away from the gunfire yeah so then as this happens the reds pull up the red Servants pull up and all the silvers behind them, and then there's Maven. She hears, I think it's Ptolemus. She hears yeah. Ptolemus say, "Make way for the make way for the king for the king." Yeah. And here comes Maven, and this is like, Mayor's like, really? He's seriously? Here. You came all the way down here? And he strolls out in his, you know, black metal battle suit with this ridiculous crown right, this crown on, his ridiculous cape hey, flowing behind him. I got a, I got to picture him in this moment. Dressed like the king, but, like, none of the stuff fits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we used to say about uh, Donald Trump Jr. in the early seasons of The Celebrity Apprentice. Like, (laughs) oh, my dad, let me try on his suit. (laughs) Right, his suit's never seemed to fit. Yeah, it never never seemed to fit fit right. Like, that's exactly what I picture it. Like, Maven's in a suit that doesn't really fit right, and the crown doesn't really sit right on his head. Yeah. But he's trying real hard to look mean and tough. He's trying so hard. I got all my dad's medals. But literally, like, nobody, kings don't wear their crowns into battle. That's I mean, kings the, don't really go into battle, but no, you're not going to be wearing your Even crown. if you do, yeah, right. I mean, it's the douchiest thing it you could so do. It is so douchey. I would expect nothing less from a 17-year-old punk who was just handed everything. Yeah. But when she sees him... Uh, well, I want to go back actually to the red wall of servants because this is this is where her because she's kind of Mare's kind of getting into her getting ready to fight mode because when the wall of servants comes up, Shade and Kaloran are kind of like right by her and when she sees it, she like sparks. Yeah, and they jump back. Like... Yeah, 
So Which I probably would do too if right. I had powers. So at this point, Mayor decides you also, know what, you guys Can you imagine having those abilities while going through puberty? No. Like would they would they be just as raging as your hormones? Yeah. Well, I mean, having just oh sure watched the incredibly awful Firestarter movie. Did I tell you how bad it was? No. It's no. terrible. No. Uh, they show, like, Charlie Wright from a baby, you know, being like, she's crying because her diaper's wet or whatever, and she explode makes her mobile explode because she's a baby, right? And she doesn't know any better. Right. And she's annoyed, and the mobile is right in front of her face, and so she sets the mobile on fire because she's hungry and she needs a new diaper. So, yeah, I can't even imagine when you would give, like, a frustrated, pubescent kid the ability to blow stuff up. Like, that's not... Right. Which is why we need a school, say, run maybe by, like, a bald professor in a wheelchair that teaches kids how to harness and use these powers properly. All right. Okay. No pitch for... uh, Xavier's home for extraordinary kids in this universe too. No, no? Different, yeah. mm-hmm. different, different universe. I know, but every fantasy universe needs one. That's true. Every fantasy universe. If the adaptation gets popular enough, but how it should have ended was probably true. Probably. Yeah. You just hizzy uh, Professor X right in there right from the beginning and be like, "Here's how to do all of this right and live peacefully." So Mayor climbs up out of the crater she's like you guys just chill here she climbs up out of the crater and walks right towards the wall and every it's funny because they like all stop because they see her and you hear some silvers like that's the the lightning girl (gasps) right so they're all it's funny that just one little red teen girl makes this entire army of silver stop because they don't know what to do with her so of course maven decides to come forward and have he and Mayor kind of have just like a chill conversation for a little while. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Bantering back and forth. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like a like a late night talk show or something. You know, they have like coffee and they're just chilling. Well, and he's he's kind of trying to be the king who's in charge and he kind of mocks her. Mm-hmm. Oh, the little lightning girl. And of course, then he has to bring up Cal. Where's my brother, the coward? Is he running like a coward? And he's afraid, you know, after he murdered our father and stole my kingdom. He's running, and she's like, "Do you really think Cal would do that?" And when she says that, Maven kind of steps back for a minute and is looking around because he knows Cal isn't just going to run from Maven. Right. It's the last thing he's going to do. And he, there is one thing he's afraid of. He does not want to fight Cal, man to man. No. Maven not knows even a that little. is a losing proposition in yes. every way imaginable. And that's at the point when he does that. She says his crown tilts a little and it looks too big on his head. She even mentions it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, nice try, buddy. Aww, you not are not fooling yet. anybody right. here. You're still petrified yeah. that your brother is around here about ready to sneak out and kick your butt. Exactly. Just like he's done since you were wee children. So they're having this conversation and I she's... imagine Maven got beaten a lot of fights. Right. And, and Mare's right. And Mare's very smart here because as they're having this conversation... The air jets are still flying around, and she notices, she's paying attention to them, she's feeling them, and one gets too close. So she just shuts it off yep. as it's flying back towards the silvers, and it drops 
right into the silvers that are behind yeah. the reds there. Yeah. So it goes over Maven, over the reds, and into the Drops right into the of pile silvers. of silvers and explodes, causing mass chaos. So they're able to... It's alright. Do what you need to do. Me also saw the X Files with the that had the Men in Black. One of them was Jesse Ventura, and the other one was Alex Trebek. That was Jose Chung's from Outer Space, I think, wasn't it? Uh, have you seen the new Geico commercial with the, we really like our new place, but there's an animal in the attic? Yes. Yes. And it's animal. animal. Yeah. Love it. One of my favorite commercials right now is the, the printer ink one with Shaq and the black guy that's back there doing the, his printer won't work and he's sitting there going, and he's like pointing at the printer, pointing at the computer and trying to get it to work. He's so funny. Then it's there's hilarious. One, there's one with a woman that's just less funny. It's less, less funny. entertaining person. I think maybe that would be too triggering with all the bad experiences I've had with printers. Well, I mean, I had one yesterday. Still funny. I it don't is. know. I, I do still really like the one with the kid where he's like, you'll have to be able to read the sign. The huh. sign's stunning. I can't read it. What are you for? Four and a half. <laughs> He's just so cute. And then the look the mom gives, she's like, but how are you even talking to the kid? Don't talk to my kid. Okay. So Tell anyway. Kid, why are you talking to your little dear friend? She brings the jet down, the air jet down, right into the silvers. Yeah, that scene has to be in the show, by the way. Like, oh, done yeah. exactly like that. And then, so they're able to take off and run because there's mass chaos. So finally, Mayor's able to start moving. And running away. Which is what she's good at. Right. So she Yay. finally gets a chance to do what she's really good at. Yeah, and Kalor and Shade have already taken off yeah. during this whole conversation. They were able to get out. So it's just Mare right now. So Mare's running and trying to get back. And then the next thing you know, she sees, she feels this explosion and she's waiting for this flame to hit her. And there's this huge wall of flame, but it doesn't burn her. And she realizes it's Cal creating this massive wall of fire. Yeah. She says it's so intense, it's like blue. At the base, because he's so. I mean, there's been all these explosions, so he has all this fire around him. Yeah, it's now. from. Yeah, it's, he can make this and huge anger. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. Like there, there's certain things in the book. I want to see I, this scene yeah. done, done right in the show. Yeah, there's certain things where I'm like, man, I really hope they pulled this off well in the show because right. that scene would be so cool. Right. Like to use like if it could be half of that intense blue flame. You know, and then like this huge crown right. of orange and red and white at the top. Like that would be so, so cool. Oh, yeah. And then Farley grabs her and is like pulling her off. So Farley's there with Cal. So you, as we see, like I said, Farley's going to take care of Cal. She's, yeah. She's going to make sure that they get He's him back. He's an asset. Right. You know. So she's trying to pull Mare back. not stupid. They point that out right. several right. times. Right. And she's much stronger. So she's dragging Mare, but Mare uses her, you know quick trip to t- kind of get out of Farley's grasp because she's not going to let Cal stand there by himself. No. So if it's, he's going to fight, she's going right. to fight. Right, so it's Mare and Cal again, just like it was in the arena. 
And Cal's like barking, you know, not barking, but like telling her instructions so that they're working together. She's using her electricity when he's using, when yeah. he can't use his fire. The nymphs, is it the nymphs that use the mm-hmm. water, start to water, use water on his fire. So she shoots electricity at the water, which goes right back the through it. Yeah. So they're, they're slowly. It's perfect for them to work right. together. So they're slowly retreating as they're using these. And you even hear Farley, she points out that Farley's back there saying, you're almost there. Yeah, just a little further. So yeah. many more feet, just a little further. And she even says, Farley's more brave. What's she say? Braver than I than Braver I Braver than I gave her credit Braver for. than I gave her credit for because she doesn't even have any abilities. It's yeah. Like, where have you been? Right? That And that's the other thing I kept coming back to in this is just like Mare realizing these things on her own and growing hopeful. Because more of hopeful it. Right. With each one versus. Right less hopeful with each thing that she realized yeah. in the silver world. You know, she's she's getting back into her own. She's building her power. She's realizing how her power is going to work with other powers. And even people that don't have abilities, you know, there's still going to be valuable parts to this because their ability isn't physical. It's a mental ability. Right. They can all work together as a team and actually accomplish something. This was supposed to be certain death. Now they're escaping. Right. You know, it's it's every little part of this is going to work towards her feeling like she can get right. Also, can I say, Farley is such a Gryffindor. Such a Gryffindor. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But she even talks about the fatigue here. Their their power. Their their abilities. They're starting to tire. Yeah, wearing down less. really fast. But with them working together, they're able to keep it up as they back up and retreat. And then she turns around and she hears, she looks and she sees Farley mouth the word jump. And then Farley jumps. And <laughs> Mayor's like, what is it with Farley? And leaping into an <laughs> abyss. Leaping into an abyss. It made me think of uh, the other guys that aim for the bushes. Yeah. What bushes? And then it shows about, yeah, it shows them at the... At the funeral, and they're like, "There really any bushes down there." I don't know what they were thinking. (laughs) She just Farley just leaves off, right? Ledges. So, which I guess is uh, good for naming our Diana after Diana Farley because she's our little adventurer. She is a little climber. She really is a climber. I had a dream the other night where she just jumped out of the cage when I opened the door, and I had to chase her around on the floor. A weird dream. That's, I don't know. That's like a four foot drop. I don't know. She, yeah, she'd be fine. I don't think she'd do it. But anyway, so they're so they're basically. The certainly almost did. <laughs> yes. So basically, their abilities are giving out at this point, and they're but they're at the edge, and Cal just grabs her and yanks just her. Yanks off. her over. And yep. instead of landing in water, they just land on metal. And Mayor says she has to roll to avoid to avoid breaking, breaking her, her yeah, her leg. I know. So they roll, and they're We're barely. I like, can't roll like that. So like, my legs are so, so yeah. screwed. So they're yeah. barely like, there's like, they're like in like, you know, a foot of water, but they're standing on metal. And then they see Farley climbing into this tube, and she's like, "Come on!" So they run into this tube. Mayor's like, "Oh my God, what am I running into yeah. now?" Another you know? tube. What is it with more tubes and tunnels? So she gets into this tube, and Cal closes the door, and she hears him close it. It's like a pressure lock. She's like, well, "What do we do now? Oh, We're in a yeah. tunnel. Another tunnel." But she gets down there, and there's all kinds of reds moving around, like, with purpose. And then the tunnel drops. Angles and drops. This is very much like her first time in, in elevator. elevator. Except it's a little bit more, like, 
understandable she's, because but she's, she needs elevators all the time. Right. She's so exhausted now that she doesn't. She's just like, oh my god, what is this now? She didn't even have time to think about it. She and Cal just going just with it. Yeah, fall down exhausted, but they're in a submarine. Yeah, the amazing underwater tube. The thingy. amazing underwater tube thingy. Patrick Wayne. Being underwater in a in a piece of metal. Yeah. I I understand Mare's fear here because she hates this thing. Same girl. And I I get it. Yeah. But, I mean, what choice does she have at this point in time? Well, you know? it's, it's if you don't like confined spaces, it's the worst. Because it's confined right. space underwater. And underwater. And underwater. Yeah. You, no, can't just, you can't just climb out. Right. Like that Kristen Stewart movie you want me to watch? No, underwater. Good. Nope. It's good, though. Solid. No, thanks. It's good. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> in, in an enclosed metal tube underwater. No, thanks. It, the worst part of, about this one, I think, is that it's also kind of rickety and it's like I I don't I wouldn't be super confident in this ability to hold under intense amounts of pressure under right. water. But they're built for it. But it's that's that true. She doesn't, she doesn't thousands know of soldiers that want to kill you. So I right. guess your right. li- your yeah, options are better than limited. the alternative. She doesn't know this. She doesn't know Right. I mean right, this right. is one of those things that she's just gonna have to trust that she's Gonna be right. okay, but she and she's, she's so not. she's so exhausted that she doesn't even realize now that there's more reds, more Scarlet Guard people in here than there was with them. So clearly, there's more to the Scarlet Guard than just this little ragtag group of people she's seen. It's kind of funny because she's always like, "Oh, this is all we have left." She assumes that what Scarlet Guard she sees is all that exists. She doesn't have a lot of object permanence <laughs> or the thought that. There could be things that I don't see, like you know what I mean. <laughs> right, the assumption that Farley leads all the Scarlet Guard in the entire world is so kind of silly. Silly, and it's even like it's, it's just, a little juvenile. But if she's a young, little bit. She she's young, but it's, it's like she's just so overwhelmed by everything that she doesn't have time to process. That's true. There's a lot going on here yeah. in, in the Mareverse. Yeah. So. Lots of just battle after battle. And I, I don't even think they've slept at this point since she woke up in the probably not. silent stone cages underneath yeah. the bowl of bones. And that I don't was think the that last was necessarily restful sleep Yeah, probably either. not restful sleep. She was like unconscious. So, right. you know, she's just been going, 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 going. Almost dying. Oh, and her brother is back to life. Oh, yeah, that's you know not I mean? jarring. It's, yeah, this is a lot to go through. So I can definitely understand her fatigue and... Correct. You know, yeah. just like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. We're just going with it. Right, because, I mean, we got to remember everything that's happened in the first two chapters of this book happened literally the moment this first book ended. Yeah, exactly. They've gone from almost dying to being saved to running, to almost dying again, to now being in this underwater thing. She hasn't even had time to process the fact that Shade's alive. Now they're finally at least safe for the moment. Yeah, it's just... And I I think this also... Everything happening so fast for her. Right, and I think the, the submarine is kind of the first piece that she gets in these books of, of what you were talking about, Beth, of 
this bigger world that she doesn't realize existed. This yeah. whole Scarlet Garden Red Universe she never yeah. knew ha- existed. Because the undertrain was part of it, but right. now it's like, oh, you guys have an undertrain that goes underwater. Yeah. The Silvers didn't know about the undertrain. No, and they definitely they don't, don't know, know about, about this, this, so they have no they idea. Do now, probably, right, but, but they have no idea what it is or what's I mean, going on. Yeah, not necessarily. And it's obviously indicative of something that's much bigger because Correct. there's got to be a crew that knows how to run this, a place it launches from, a place it's it docks to. A place they're going right. to, right. Yeah. So there's a, there's a whole Scarlet Guard world that she's about to, about to be just, introduced yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. super cool. That's that's my whole favorite part of this beginning of this second book. And yeah. now getting back into it, having been away from this part of that book for so long, it's really cool. And we get to learn so much more about Farley. Oh, yeah. Which I know is your favorite part. Well, it's a good part because she's such a great character and you get to learn about why she is the way. You you learn relative, well, I don't know if it's early on, but you learn in this book why she is. The way she is. The way she is and who she is, yeah. Right. So that's where the end of chapter two leads us as we are on the underwater tube thingy heading to destination. Mary doesn't know where, apparently. Yep. Shay's still alive. Farley's a bad A. Yeah, a lot going mm-hmm. on. Cal and Mare are still together. I mean, not together together, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yep. Any, Working as a team. Right? Yes. Any other thoughts? Anything Plays else you team. want to discuss? You win as a team, team, you lose a team. You go out there and you give 100%, 10%. Any other thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. These first two chapters of this book? I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm excited for the first time in like 18 chapters. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, 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 There's a little bit of hope. Yes. Yay. And you really, it's not going You really, as a reader, needed it. it ve- yeah, yes. very much so. But I you, like how she kind of jumps right into it in this second book. Like, hey, we ended on one note. We're going to pick it up. We're going to run right back up the scale. And yeah. we're going to give you something. The pendulum's going to swing completely to the other right, side. exactly. And it gets you locked in. Yeah, especially if you're, like, binge reading like I did. It's... It is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a lot now it's not like there's okay, there's they're safe for now and where do we go from here? There's so much that you already know as a reader that has to be done. Because Mary and Mary even talked about at the beginning of the first chapter, the list. She knows Maven knows the list. Yeah. And Alara. They and have Alara. the list. They're gonna yeah. be going after those people. So you know the first thing they're gonna need to do is go and try to beat Maven yeah. to all those reds with abilities and try to recruit them and save them. And who better to do it than reds that already know how to move around undetected versus the silvers who are going to be very obvious and everything. Right, and, you, and you've got two reds with abilities on your team yeah. there to, to try least. to help at least so far that, that she we knows know of right now. Right. Yeah, right. So that's a big thing that they they know that they need to do it for multiple reasons to save these people, but also they need to recruit them and train them because. This is a war, right? And they're going to need them to fight, and that's going to be a big struggle to go to find random people and say, "Hey, you've got these abilities. We need you to fight on it in this war with us." That's there's so much that's going to come in this book, and I, that's what's exciting for me is the yeah the whole shift in tone kind of thing. Everything it's a right. complete new world, part of this world that we're exploring, mm-hmm. and and that very what Maven pulled with those using those servants makes me like, okay, what is Maven going to think of next? Right. What is this psycho going to pull out of his bag of tricks next? It's going to be genius, but it's going to be gonna terrible. Be disgusting. It's going to be pretty, pretty terrible. Yeah, terrible. Horrible. 
But I think, yeah, that's that's yeah. all I've got. I think that's it. So no fan art this week. In celebration of our first episode of season two, we are going to do a bit of artwork rebranding. We've got a new cover for this book. So we will have some changes that will appear on the website this week. And then we will be back with Fan Art Corner next week. So don't forget, if this is your first time tuning in to us, uh, go back and catch up on season one. We cover all 28 chapters and the epilogue of Red Queen and then have some fun little bonus episodes in the middle of seasons one and two. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't miss out on all of that action. Uh, If you want to interact with us, we love to hear from our fans. We're most active on Instagram. You can find us there at Reading with the Rockefellers, all spelled out like that. Uh, We have our fan art there. We have um, fun little posts, um, all kinds of discussion on stuff. We did some fan casting stuff on there. Um, You can go to our website, which has all of our episodes has the fan art there as well, our blog. That is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. You can send us an email. We like to get fan art there, listener stories, pretty much anything at this point in time. We'll take for emails. That's readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. And then finally, our YouTube channel. Jump over there, search for Reading with the Rockefellers, and give us a subscribe on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to click the bell to get the notifications of when we drop a new episode. Fingers crossed, we will have our quiz episode up by the time you hear this. Yes. It's been been a a ride with that one. That's that's one of our bonus episodes for season one, so hopefully, but when we're recording this, we haven't published it yet. So hopefully we get it done by the time you hear this. Um, but Mia does a great episode, a great job putting together all of our episodes into video mode. So hop over there and check those out. Uh, mostly share the show with a friend. Uh, make sure you tell somebody who's a fan of the genre to pick up a copy of this at their local bookstore and come along on this reading journey with us. Leave us a five-star review and give us a subscribe. It really helps people find the show. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for being with us during season one. And we are so excited to bring season two to you. And we will see you next week with another exciting discussion episode. Bye. Bye.